The girl was looking the other way, gloomily, almost sullenly, across the crowded departure lounge. Satisfied, Marion French dug with quick stealth in her huge over-the-shoulder bag. Passport, tickets, traveler's checks, ah, there it was. The small silver pillbox Mark had given her. Dear God, nineteen years ago. Another quick sideways glance. The girl, must think of her as Stella, Stella Martin, was still looking listlessly toward the departure indicator that showed obstinately blank so far as their flight was concerned. Marion's hands trembled a little as she unscrewed the tiny egg-shaped container. Tranquilizers, Dr. Brown had said, entirely harmless. He had smiled that vast, not altogether reassuring smile of his, can't have you getting delusions now, Miss French. You've done so well. Thank you. For a moment, they had looked silently back together over the eighteen years since Mark had left her, since the twins had been born. Done well? Poor fool. She had sometimes even thought so herself. It was difficult, but not impossible, to swallow the tiny pill without water. Replacing the box in her bag, she felt it coming over her again. The horrible, unidentifiable feeling. No, call it certainty, that someone was watching her. Delusions? Dr. Brown had talked of long strain, of sudden shock and a handful of phobias, settling finally with obvious relief for agoraphobia because she always had this feeling of being watched when she was out of doors. She was afraid of open spaces, he had told her, kindly, had urged her a holiday, a change. Open spaces. Could the departure lounge of Gatwick Airport, grossly overcrowded at ten o'clock on a Saturday night, be so described? Would Dr. Brown if he had been there, have told her comfortably that she was suffering from claustrophobia too? Because here it was, stronger than ever, the certainty that somewhere in this restless crowd of people eyes were fixed on her, and in no friendly spirit. Absurd? Of course it was absurd. That was what had sent her to the doctor rather than to the police, and he had given her the explanation that, in her heart, she had expected. It was natural enough, after all, that the double shock, emotional and financial, should have left its mark. But she had managed to keep going somehow until the twins had actually left her to join their father in America. That was like her, Dr. Brown had said. He used praise, she thought wryly, where other doctors used tonics. It had been when she got back from his office that she had found the card on the doormat. Need a job, it had read, or a guardian angel. We provide both. The we call themselves Jobs Unlimited and operated from a highly respectable Sloan Square address. On an impulse, she had gone straight to the telephone and called their number. And here she was, three weeks later a magnificently overpaid guardian angel, and grossly neglecting her charge. She reminded herself, forcing a smile as she leaned forward. How about a cup of coffee? Or a Coke, perhaps?
She had met Stella Martin only once, briefly, at the office of Jobs Unlimited, and under the benevolent eye of Miss Oakland, the friendly, grey-haired dragon who presided there. "'I'd rather have a whiskey. The girl shook, unkempt, perhaps dirty black curls out of her eyes. Her tone was a challenge. "'Of course. Stupid of me.' Marion's brain was whirling like a computer, putting together the various bits of information she had been given about her charge. She was, after all, nearly twenty-one, three years older than the twins, and the one thing, at least, that Miss Oakland had not mentioned was a problem over alcohol.